everybody has a story to tell. And Jonathan Pitts has a doozy about his father, a serial killer, and a chimpanzee, which he's turned into not only a one-person show, but it's also now going to be a movie? Jonathan, is that what happened? All of those things are correct. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 18th year, number 892, Spanky's Serial Killer. Jonathan Pitts is an improviser, storyteller, and teacher who this weekend will be performing his one-man show, My Dad, His Chimp, and a Serial Killer, at Lifeline Theater's Filet of Solo Festival in Chicago. But also, Jonathan's father's story gets transformed into something else in the film He Went That Way, which is currently playing in select American theaters before streaming on demand later this week. Jonathan began our conversation by telling me what happened to his father and how that story has been transformed into different mediums. The real life incident happened in 1964. My dad, Dave Pitts, was a star in ice capades from 1961 to 1972. And he was a skating act with the chimpanzee. Uh, he ended up having four chimps over the course of his career. They all skated underneath the name of Spanky. But the first one is named Spanky on stage and off. The others had different names off stage. And uh, in 1964, my dad was driving in his specially made van uh, that Ice Capades bought him with uh, Spanky in the back. And outside of Las Vegas, they picked up a hitchhiker. And they uh, it was the first time my dad ever picked up a hitchhiker. And they got along for the first day, no problems. Even the second day, no problems. But that uh, hitchhiker ended up pulling a gun on my dad and made my dad pull off to the side of the road and get in the cage with Spanky for the night. Oh, my goodness. And that man turned out to be Larry Raines, uh, a serial killer. And his older brother, Danny Raines, was also a serial killer. They are the only independently operating serial killer brothers in the history of America that we know of. Oh, my goodness. And they're both from, like, South Haven, Michigan. What a wild stat. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so uh, for three days, my dad uh, and Larry Raines traveled across America, uh, along with Spanky in the back. And then my dad let him off in South Haven, which is where he wanted to go. And then uh, my dad went his own way because he was headed to visit my grandmother in Evanston, Evanston, Illinois, the suburb of Chicago. And uh, uh, two weeks later, after killing another two people, Larry Raines was arrested. And uh, Larry Raines confessed to five, was convicted for one, probably killed more for sure. We're pretty sure that he killed a family of four outside of Las Vegas just before my dad picked him up. And there were other people that died in the areas where he was when he was on his murder spree. So they weren't able to pin more to him, but they felt he did more. When did your dad become aware of all of this? Did Larry pull the gun and say, you may not know this, but I'm one of the two. Larry Raines did tell him that he had killed other people, but my dad didn't believe him. He did believe that Larry Raines had a gun and said that he thought about killing him, but he just didn't believe this 
five foot seven, slightly built kid with a weak jawline who was 19 years old and dressed preppy really was a killer. My dad just thought he was like some teenager making up some bullshit. He knew that the teenager was, uh, he figured it out that, the, that Larry Raines was committing robberies as they went along, but he didn't, you know, he didn't know about the killings. It wasn't until uh, two weeks later when the FBI showed up at my grandmother's house because they had my dad's wallet, uh, because my he, Larry Raines took my dad's wallet, that the FBI told him what Larry Raines had been up to and that he was not just a young punk with a gun who was robbing. He was actually a person who had committed several murders. Holy moly. And did your father fear for his life? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Once the gun came out from that point on, he feared for his life. Yes. Were you alive at this time? Yeah, I was four and a half years old living in an old park with my mom and my grandparents because my parents got divorced when I was two and a half years old. Okay. You know, the first two and a half years of my life was my mom, my dad, me, and Spanky all living in a trailer home traveling across America. Wow. And do you have memories of that or do you have memories of being I wish I did. I've thought about going to see a hypnotherapist to to get those memories pulled out. Yeah. Because obviously they're in there somewhere because- up until about the age of five, my mom said I would bounce up and down like a chimp when I got excited. I've seen you do that backstage, though, still. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, that's the real life story. And I first found out about it in 2001 when my dad's brother's wife died and my cousins found an article from the Chicago Sun-Times in 1964 in which my dad is interviewed by Bob Ellison, who wrote The Night Beat, and he tells his story about what happened. And I was 42 years old. That's the first time I found out about it. And so I, in 2002, I started telling it at different uh, storytelling events. The first one I did was at WNEP uh, Theater's Scald, which was a storytelling competition. Uh, I came in second place that year uh, to a 9-11 story in the year 2002, there's no way you're going to be in a 9-11 story. Even my friend who won with the 9-11 story said my story was better. And he knew it was just because it was 2002. <laughs> so, uh, and every time I would tell the story after that at different storytelling events or shows, people would say, this should be a movie. And I was like, great, good idea. I don't know how to make movies. I'm a theater guy. I know how to produce theater. I know how to make theater. I don't know how to do movies. And uh, so I kept telling this at different uh, showcases and storytelling events, including your wife's Louder Than a Mom, you know, uh, at, which was at Martyrs, the at Martyrs Nightclub. And in 2017, I got a phone call from these two men, uh, Mark Bernard, uh, Bernard out and uh, Hugh Brown. And they told me they were looking for my and that they were trying to produce a movie about what happened. And so they had bought the rights years earlier to a book called Luke Karamazov, which is the book written about Danny, about Larry Raines, his life. And it was written with assumed names because Larry Raines changed his name in prison and asked the author to have everybody be fake names. So uh, he changed, Larry Raines changed his name to prison, in prison to Monk Steppenwolf. So clearly he'd been reading some books. Yeah. Clearly. And and it's important to honor the wishes of a convicted serial killer. That's uh, right. So uh, that's why the book is called Luke Karamazov instead of Monk Steppenwolf. 
But from that, the movie producers bought the rights to that book, specifically because there was one chapter in it which tells the story of those three days between Larry Raines and my dad and Spanky, but from Larry Raines' point of view, as he remembered it 15 years later in prison. Wow. And it took the movie producers 17 years to get it from a concept to being made into a movie. And, it, and in December of 2021, it was shot as an independent movie. Uh, they filmed it in 17 days. And Zachary Quinto plays plays the character who is very loosely based on my dad, very different character in the movie than my dad and even storytelling wise, story wise. And then uh, Jacob Lorde, who's one of the three main hot young stars of American cinema right now, as far as the men go, uh, he plays he plays Larry Raines, the serial killer. And again, it's loosely based on Larry Raines, uh, but it's far more loosely based uh, with the, with how they portray the character based on my dad. And, you know, also the story itself is loosely based, but the bones of it are true. It's about a guy who's an animal trainer. Now, my dad was more of a performer than an animal trainer, uh, but is in the movie, it's an animal trainer who is down on his luck and is looking to sell Spanky and he's hitchhiking outside of Las Vegas and he picks up a guy who turns out to be a serial killer. So th that part of the movie is true. And then, you know, like other movies, it's based on things, you know, changes in ways that they thought was best for the story. Right. And that movie is released right now today, January 5th, in very select limited theaters across the United States. It's playing in 25 theaters, uh, including one theater in Chicago. And January 12th of next week, it goes video on demand all over the, the United States. And then later on in 2024, uh, Universal Pictures is going to release it worldwide. And and at the same time, you'll be telling your version of the story yes. for a couple yes. of nights here in Chicago. Yes. On uh, January 13th and 14th, I'm doing two matinee shows at Filet of Solo. Uh, and it is you know, my chance to go back and tell my version of it again, because my version, each medium has its own way of saying and doing things like what you can say in a book, what you can do in a movie, what you can do on stage. And my version focuses on more of the psychology and the psychology of what happened between my dad and Larry Raines and, you know, what all the themes of what life was like back in 1964 and how those themes interacted with that moment. You know, I, I think it's a pretty amazing moment. It might be the only time in human history that a celebrity, a serial killer, and a pet like a chimpanzee were traveling across a continent together. Like maybe sometime during the Roman Empire, like, you know, some Roman senator and, and some sort of you know, army guy who's, you know, known for his killing and like a pet lion. But, you know, it, it's, it's not like a story that you're like, oh, that old trope again? <laughs> Hi, I'm BJ Jones, Artistic Director of Northlight Theater, and you are listening to the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We'll be performing the complete history of comedy abridged in California in February 
Michigan in March, and Virginia in April of 2024. Check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our social media pages for venue and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with Jonathan Pitts, talking about his one-man show, My Dad, His Chimp, and a Serial Killer, the bare bones of which also inspired the film He Went That Way, starring Zachary Quinto and Jacob Elordi. There's so much that is fascinating about this story. I mean, um, um, uh, was your dad alive when you learned about the story at 42? Yeah, my dad's still alive. Uh, On January 1st, he just had his 88th birthday. God bless him. Yeah, and he's retired and uh, living down in Argentina. Uh, He struggles with Alzheimer's at this point. So I'm sorry. But he does know that the movie came out. So when you found out, were you able to talk to him about it? Or? Yes. Yeah. Once I read the article, that's when I called him. I didn't re- did I did not have much of a relationship with him growing up, uh, but as adults, like in my you know mid thirties, we connected over, you know, that we're both involved in the performing arts, and that we both enjoy traveling. So it allowed us to connect in that way. Uh, you know, I always feel like what he owed me as a child, as my dad he can never repay me because he never did anything like that. But as an adult, he owes me nothing. Right. And as an adult, we connected kind of like adult to adult. So it felt more like he was like an uncle or a cousin to me than a father. And you seem to have very, very um, relaxed and um, mature feelings about the many ways this story uh it has both turned in your life, but the but but it's many new incarnations, and which seems very um, admirable and 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 psychologically healthy. Did you did, have you always had that, or did you come to well, it? Well, I think a lot of that comes from like spending a lifetime in theater. Hmm. You know, there are so many different ways to do Hamlet. Yeah, the real question comes down to: Does it work? You know, you want to make the case that Hamlet's gay. And that his primary relationships are with the men, and that Ophelia is basically what they used to call a fag hag. You could make that choice. Yeah. Can you make it work with the acting and relationships? Yeah. You know, you want to do different types of interpretations of different shows in different ways. Great. Can you make it work? Because there's so many ways to tell stories. It comes down to do you make it work? especially when you're recognizing these are stories that we do in theater. These are stories we do in movies. It's not a documentary. Right. And the story change, even a documentary changes depending on the teller. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I noticed is how Larry Raines talked about things 15 years later, and then how he talked about things in 1987 uh, with like his last interview in prison. They're different versions. And I've heard my dad tell one version of certain things to the filmmakers, producers, and director when he was interviewed for, by them on Zoom versus something he said to me versus something he wrote in his unpublished autobiography. And if this is what Larry Rain said 15 years later after being in prison for 15 years, what would he have said when he was first arrested and first on trial at age 19? Were you able to talk to your dad about how he got into the ice capades? I mean, just the well, origins. Yeah, yeah I, I know a lot of that. And uh, my dad was a musical theater major at Northwestern University. Mm-hmm. And his, some of the people he was in uh, class with was like Jerry Orbach. Wow. 
Paul Apprentice, Richard Benjamin, Warren Beatty. Wow. He was all of that time period. My parents met at Northwestern. My mom was a, like an English lit major and they met there and uh, uh, they got married and had me, you know, I guess it was common then, but my you know, was 20 years old, married and with a baby. After being a musical theater major at Northwestern, which is where he learned all his theater chops. Uh, and my dad was originally from Evanston. And my mom was originally from uh, River Forest. And so my dad got into a singing group. They were called the Tune Tattlers. And it was three guys and a girl. So, you know, kind of like basic improv groups, like three guys and a girl. And uh, after a while, the girl dropped out and it was just the three guys. And they got a gig at the Conrad Hilton downtown. Now, back in the late 50s, you had the Goodman Theater. You know, you had traveling theater from Broadway. Right. You had community theater. And that was about it. Maybe Mr. Kelly's. There was not a lot of that back then, that kind of entertainment that started to develop once you had, you know, the Hungry Eye and Second City and all those things develop. So, like, you know, in 57, 50, when he was doing it, you know, Second City was still two years away from opening up and it was still the, the compass at the University of Chicago. So to get a gig at the Conrad Hilton was a really big gig. And they were singing there for, you know, like Thursday through Sunday and they were making really good money at it. Uh, I seen one of the playbills and one of the playbills, one of the opening acts for them was uh, Angela Maya, Maya Angelou. Wow. Back when she was a Calypso singer, wow. before she'd become a writer, she was a Calypso singer trying to make it Maya Angelou. And after that, the groups uh, broke up, you know, the way most good bands do. Mm -hmm. And then my dad wanted to keep making his living singing. So he started getting gigs at county fairs and state fairs. As a singer or a skater? As a singer. Okay as a singer. And it was at one of those state fairs that he saw this guy who had his own act with five chimps and they all did, were roller skating chimps. And my dad thought that was really interesting. And he thought I could make something of that. And he befriended the guy who owned the five chimps and he bought one of those chimps. He didn't buy the alpha chimp, you know, he bought like either like the second one oldest or the mid, you know, somewhere there. And that was Spanky. And so Spanky was two years old at that point, used to performing in front of humans, used to roller skating. And my dad bought him and the guy taught my dad how to train Spanky. And then they started performing as a roller skating act and a tightrope walking act and all kinds of like tricks that Spanky could do. And they were performing in nightclubs and like semi-circusy things, state fairs as well. They also did a tour of South America. At one of those shows, somebody else said to my dad, you know, you guys, you should teach him how to ice skate and then audition for ice capades. And my dad thought, that's a really good idea. And he auditioned and he didn't get in the first year, but they're like, we'll remember you come back again next year. And then they hired in the second year. And when they hired my dad and Spanky, they fired a human. So one of the guys lost his skating gig to a chimp. <laughs> Don't you imagine like in your sort of improv second city brain you cut forward that guy's like drunk at arizona just completely embittered about how a chimp ruined his life i i want to see that one man show <laughs> right
That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. Jonathan Pitts will perform his one-man show, My Dad, His Chimp, and a Serial Killer, this weekend at Lifeline Theater's Filet of Solo Festival in Chicago. And the film inspired by the story, He Went That Way, is also available on demand starting this weekend. Go to lifelinetheater.com for more information about the Filet of Solo Festival. Then send us your extraordinary parental escapade via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. Or throw a comment to us over on the socials or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com. Or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. You can also follow Jonathan Pitts on Instagram at jpitts1028. Thanks, as always, to Serial Eater, Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Jamie Kim Williams. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to B.J. Jones, Artistic Director of Northlight Theater here in Chicago, whose production of Dial M for Murder, directed by Georgette Verdon, just closed and was both an artistic triumph and huge crowd-pleaser. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 892-2676 of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Speaking of this story being told in multiple versions, do you think at some point we will see the version directed by Matt Reeves starring Andy Serkis from Spanky's point of view? Uh, it's only a matter of time as you're creating the Spanky universe. The Spanky-verse! Right? This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.